Welcome to the Anchored Podcast with Pastor Reginald Wayne Sharp Jr. I am so excited that you've tuned in, and it is my prayer that these messages will always help you to remain anchored, regardless of what storm or what season you're navigating. I pray that God would speak to your heart today and that you will never, ever, ever be the same again. Stay connected to Fellowship Chicago. This is Pastor Reginald Wayne Sharp Jr. I pray you stay anchored. Peace, peace. If you have your Bibles, would you go with me to St. John's Gospel, Chapter 19? St. John's Gospel, Chapter 19. And I want to illuminate verses 1 through 3. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. They clothed him in a purple robe and went up to him again and again, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they slapped him in the face. You may be seated. I want to preach... uh, teach, share, impart for just a little while today using as a subject, I just don't want to get hurt again. I just don't want to get hurt again. If that's your testimony, I want you to type that into the thread even now. I just don't want to get hurt again. It is interesting, uh, Pastor Sharp, that the whole notion of a job fair is... uh, an American phenomenon. It is really less than a century old to have a job fair. Prior to, there was uh, such a system known as a caste system. The caste system suggested that if your father was a lawyer, you would become a lawyer. Your father was a doctor, you would become a doctor. Your father was, in fact, a uh, diplomat or a state senator. You would become a state senator. It is interesting then, if not um, confusing, when it is that our heavenly father was going through the uh, annals of the uh, adoption agency as to who would serve as the surrogate parents of his only begotten son, what line he would put him in. Uh, If in fact that uh, he was in fact a defender of those who had been downtrodden, it would have been appropriate for our master to lend Jesus to be the son of a lawyer. Uh, If in fact the government would be upon his shoulders, it would make sense for him to allow his son uh, to be born to a governor. Uh, If, in fact, ladies and gentlemen, he were to uh, raise up the standard of righteousness, then it would be appropriate uh, for God to allow Jesus to be born the son of a priest. But what I cannot figure out 2,022 years later, why it is that God would allow his son to be born to a blue-collar worker. To allow him to uh, be born, to climb up on uh, scaffolds, climb up on ladders when there were no gurneys. 
while he would allow uh, Jesus to be uh, access to uh, chainsaws, to hammers, to nails, to axes, knowing that in the process it would be high risk, uh, knowing that before he ever got started in his ministry, he could in fact receive reparable harm. The truth of the matter is uh, I flew from Atlanta to get to you today to tell you that you cannot work for God and not expect to get hurt. You cannot work for God and think you will not get injured. I want to go a step further. Please don't believe that you are going to be working for God and not bleed. Hurt comes with the assignment. If you have not gotten hurt in ministry, you really are not doing ministry. Many adults shun imagination because they don't want to take on risk. I need you to hear this. I need you to hear me well. Risk is synonymous with faith. If it is safe, I've got to say this, change the font if you're taping, taking notes. Risk is synonymous with faith. If it is safe, it is not from God. God will put you in something that will jeopardize your ego, put your reputation on the line, and call your character in the question. The greatest danger is not getting hurt. The greatest danger is being anointed and playing it safe. You cannot have faith and have no imagination. The greatest danger is getting so safe in ministry and in church that you lose the capacity to dare. President Obama, Chicago's own favorite son, once said that if he had a son, he would never let him play football because he wouldn't want to see him hurt. I am afraid, Mother Sharp, uh, that we are raising too many soft children that we coddle them away from life's experiences that they never know the reality of what it means to be in pain. Parents, you've got to stop operating as the paramedics and allow your children to endure some flesh wounds. Uh, we have allowed our children to have uh, all of the fruits of the civil rights movement without knowing the sacrifice. I don't know what is happening that we're living in an hour where children got flat screens in their room. Y'all ain't saying nothing with D averages. I don't know what is happening that they got iPhone 12s but still don't know how to conjugate verbs. I don't know what's happening that they got high top tennis shoes but got low ambition. Something is wrong. You have paid for them to get gold teeth when they got nickel plated brains. They got tattoos on their chest but don't have God in their heart. Something is wrong. Maybe I went too far. These Negroes don't even know how to vacuum. They don't even know how to fold clothes. They don't even know how to take chicken out of the freezer. Why? Because we have made them too soft and don't understand the toughness that is required. Pain is so critical because it impacts the imagination, 
with a displaced perspective. You've got to put mind over matter. You got to put mind over matter. I don't I mind telling you because I'm in full blown mid midlife crisis and in full blown midlife crisis. I can tell you up until this age, I am afraid of doctors and dentists. I'm afraid of doctors and dentists and it's not even because of them. It's because I'm afraid of needles. And whenever it is that I had to get the needle, they had to call the whole ward in. Every nurse had to hold me down just to keep me in a straitjacket just so that I could get that needle because in my mind, it was a lethal injection. I'll never forget that uh, there was an instance that took place. I was showing all the way out and my father couldn't take it no more. He couldn't take it no more and said to the doctor and all of the nurses, would y'all excuse me for a minute? I need to talk to my son. I said, Lord, what, I, I think I'd rather have the needle. He said, would y'all excuse me for one moment? I got to talk to my son. I remember that day as if it were today and he bent down and looked at me and said, don't you embarrass me in here you got to get it in your mind here this it ain't gonna be that bad and I just came to tell five of y'all that are streaming somewhere that whatever it is that you scared of it ain't gonna be that bad even if you lose your job it ain't gonna be that bad because I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread even if they walk away from you it ain't gonna be that bad because he's a friend that sticks close Closer than a brother even if the relationship don't work out it ain't gonna be that bad greater love has no man than this than a man laid down his life for his friends I need five of y'all in this room to just shout out loud it ain't gonna be that bad pain pain enrages your imagination Pain enrages your imagination. Think you, you, you begin thinking about who hurt you. Uh, what they did can mess with your mind. Uh, you begin to plot uh, in your bed on how you're going to seek out revenge. I need three of y'all that are saved but still got hood credentials in your mind. You done played it over in your head, putting the hoodie on and driving over to their house. And you had everything to blow up their spot. Come on, don't y'all leave here. But God whispered in your ear, if you hold your peace and let me fight your battles for you, victory will be yours. Aren't you glad that every person that thought they got the best of you is now not doing better than you because his grace and his mercy have held you all the way through you ought to be grateful now that you have a different perspective of the 23rd psalm he said I prepare a table in the presence of your enemies let me see if I can help you I'm at fellowship I prepare a table in the presence of your enemy you already home run to the kitchen go pull out a fork go pull out a knife go pull out a glass go pull out a plate go get a salad bowl God says I prepare a table in the presence of your enemies here's your shout he said I never said your enemies were gonna eat he said I prepared the table so your enemy can watch you eat God is getting ready to do something in the face of people who thought they had the authority to break you when God has the power to bless you
pain enrages your imagination? Hear this. Pain prepares your imagination. You start thinking about what you're going to do when you get back on your feet. Yeah. Pain prepares your imagination. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you that there is nobody who has a better imagination than Negroes who don't have nothing. Y'all didn't hear what I just said. Nobody has a better imagination than Negroes that don't have none. I'm, I'm getting ready to separate uh, the bad and the bougie uh, from those of y'all that came up from the mud. Here it is. I'm getting ready to separate good times from the Cosby show. I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to tell you, this is how you know you from the hood. We didn't have an Xbox. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Uh, this is what you played when you were in the hood. You were poor, but you had imagination. I'm getting ready to see if I got five in the room. If you don't know this game you ain't really from the hood but from the hood all of us played this same game here it is here's the game that's my car now here's what's amazing about that you didn't have a driver's license you didn't have a permit you didn't know nothing about insurance but you saw it and you claimed it like it was already yours I need five of y'all that have what Brueggemann calls prophetic imagination that said that's my business that's my house that's my health that's my credit score it may not look like it to you now but the power of life and death comes out of my mouth and that's gonna be mine it, it, it prepares your imagination uh, you, you got to see yourself in a better place you speak those things that are not as though they already are I need five of you to just type right now I already have it I already have it. I already have it. I got the wrong church. I need three of you to just declare out loud. I already have it. Practice. We coming back in fellowship next week. Say it out loud. I already have it. Look at the person beside you and say, why are you shouting like that? Look at him and ask him, why are you screaming like that? Ask him, why are you praising him like that? Tell him, I got a confession I got to make. I got one problem I can't control. What is your problem? I can't wait till the battle is over. But I got to shout like I already got it. I dare you in your living room to praise him like you already got it. Get up out of that bed and wave your hand like you already got it. Put that fork down and throw back your head and give God glory like I already got it. In John chapter 19, John chapter 19, something crazy happens. Uh, you, you'll notice that the soldiers uh, uh, do something that is absolutely diabolical. Uh, they twist together a crown of thorns. And in our Walt Disney interpretation of the text, uh, we assume, albeit falsely, that they just place the crown on his head. Uh, but that is not what happens, according to theologians and historians and anthropologists, is that they put the crown of thorns on his head and then they twisted it. Uh, they twisted here it is uh, so that his first blood was not from his hands or his feet here this it was in his head see the enemy will always try to get in your head so that he can contaminate your heart 
Some of y'all ain't dealing with nothing, but I need those of you. It's hard for you to sleep at night even when you're tired because of all the stuff that's in your head. I'm talking to those of you that got to fight through depression and anxiety and stress and worry is in your head. But what the enemy doesn't understand that Howard Thurman was right, it's got to be with head and heart. And there are those of you that have lived long enough to understand grandmama's testimony that I woke up this morning with my mind. When is the last time you shouted for sanity? I'm not asking about what kind of car you drive or how much money you got in the bank, but can you praise him that you ain't slit your own wrist? Would you give him glory that you ain't killed two people? Would you praise him that you're not living under a bridge? Thank him for your mind. They, 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 um, they put the crown of thorns in his head thinking it would contaminate his heart. I need you to look at verse number three. It's getting ready to blow your mind this time. Is that they... Um, they did something that I never heard talked about in, die, in Sunday school or vacation Bible school. Look at verse number three. Is um, They slapped him in the face. I'm going to call um, what Maurice Watson calls grace for grown-ups. I, I, I need those of you who have lived through some stuff that just slapped you in the face. Oh, Y'all ain't even been there. I'm Slapped in the face. Uh, dis being disrespected by a child you raise. God, I need some real people in here. How, how, how you resent me when I'm your only real friend? I'm slapped in the face. You, you hiding from me when I gave you the money when your back was up against the wall. Slapped in the face. I need two of y'all that you spend all of that time developing your department and they picked over you to elevate somebody else. Slapped in the face. How is it that you are gifted but never get an opportunity? You are slapped in the face and they slap Jesus us in the face and ladies and gentlemen that would have been enough of an indignity to suffer but in other volumes of the synoptic gospels you'll notice that not only do they slap him in the face but they uh, pull out his beard God help me to preach it right there they pull out his beard which was the highest form of disrespect for a Jewish man in other words, they were snatching away the identity of his masculinity. God help me. They, they, they did not give him a fresh line. They, they did not shave his beard off. They, they pulled out his beard so that his jaw was broken. I, th I think I, I think I lost you. So, so when we circumnavigate around the cross on Good Friday and we hear what it is that Jesus said from the cross Father forgive them here's the part you didn't even put in the perspective he was talking with a broken jaw God help me see there's some people who don't understand that when I praise God you think I'm praising him because everything is alright but I need to know if there's anybody who's worshipping virtually who knows how it feels to be a wounded worshiper. I, I'm not 
praising God because everything is together. I'm giving God glory because I'm trying not to fall apart. I'm, I'm worshiping him because if I don't do this, it ain't no telling what I'm going to do. I got to worship him even after I've been humiliated. Verse number 12. Same chapter. God help me. Pilate tried to set Jesus free. Here it is. But the people blocked it. I want you to lift up that hand. Those of you who are watching at home. Those of you if you're driving in your car just lift up one hand. You're at work. I need you to hear this. Lift up that hand. I am praying in earnest for you. That God will allow the people you're not supposed to be with to free you. Oh God, I can't hear nobody. I, I know some of y'all don't want that message a week after Valentine's Day. But there are people who are holding you hostage from your assignment. And because God can't trust you to cut it off. I'm asking God to make them cut you off. The amazing thing is that Pilate could have freed him, but he kept him. Here it is. He kept him. Why? Because they look good together on the ground. Kept him. Why? Because he helped pay some of the bills. Kept him. Because my family like him, but he ain't good for me. God, I need some real people in here. Kept him. Because I ain't got the strength to start over again. Kept him. I'm saved, but I hate sleeping by myself. I'm talking to grown-ups right here. I need God to separate what I'm not supposed to be connected to. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm in, I'm in verse number 17, and I'm coming. Verse number 17 says, they made him carry his own cross. They made him carry his own cross. And theologians would argue with us this morning that this ignominious cross is 300 pounds. 300 pounds, here it is, made of pure wood, and they made Jesus carry it. They would argue with us aloud today, fellowship, that Jesus was somewhere around six foot two and on a strict pescatarian diet, walking seven miles a day, Jesus was 185 pounds. Jesus, 185 pounds, I'm waiting for you all to get it, was made to carry something double his weight. God help me, you, you keep talking about you want a double portion. Can you handle the weight that comes with your assignment? Do you understand that if it's easy, it ain't for you? You are anointed for something that is difficult, for something that is challenging. Whenever you feel weight on you, take it as confirmation. I was built for this. There are people who are jealous of you. They couldn't walk a mile in your shoes. Forget a mile in your shoes. They couldn't walk flip-flops with the kind of weight that you carry. It is amazing that you ain't had a nervous breakdown. It is God's grace that you ain't putting in opiates in your body. You are astounded that you don't need alcohol just to make it through. But His grace... Hallelujah. I don't want you to worship him if you ain't dealing with nothing heavy. But if you're dealing with some heavy stuff, 
I tell you to lift up that hand and open up your mouth. Nobody told me the road was going to be easy, but I don't believe he's brought me this far. Come on, keep lifting that hand. I feel glory now. I said, lift up that hand. Hey, she can almost. I need you to lift up your hand and open up your mouth. God says, I'm going to help you carry the weight. Hallelujah. I feel it right through here. Pastor Sharp, my time is coming out, but I feel a breakthrough. I said, lift up that hand and open up your mouth. He said, not only are you going to carry the weight, here's your shout. You're going to carry the weight while going uphill. While you are struggling, you're going to get elevated. You didn't hear what I just said. While you are under duress, you're going to get promoted. While you feel everything that you're going through, you shall not die. But you shall live to see the glory of the Lord. Come on, lift up your hand, oh ye gates. Lift up your hand. The King of Glory is about to come in. Who is the King of Glory? The Lord, mighty in battle. I need you to lift up your voice. I know it's heavy. I know it's heavy. I know it's heavy. I know it's heavy. But the race isn't given to the swift. It's not given to the strong. But to those that endure to the end. Lift up your voice. Weeping may endure for a night. But joy, joy is coming this morning. Come on, Zion. They that wait. Upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings as eagles. They shall run and not get weary. They shall walk and they shall not faint. Lift up your voice. It's getting easier. It's getting easier. March is going to be better than February. Lift up your voice, 22, it's going to be better than 21. Lift up your voice, this won't break you, this won't destroy you. You got a God inside of you, you can handle this. I said, wave your hand. It's getting easier. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Find your holy God. You may be seated. Hallelujah. I feel his power in this room. Huh? Find your holy God. You may be seated. I, um, I took the long way home, but I just got on the porch. Let me knock on the door. I got to give this to you and then I'm going. I'm, I'm in verse 18. I got to show you this, Pastor Sharp, and then I'm, I'm gone. Verse 18 is what's going to mess you up. Is, um, they then crucified him. Hallelujah. They crucified him. He was the most 
inhumane torture instrument in the history of humanity. God help me. Pastor Sharp, just promise me you won't tackle me. Uh, they, they crucified him. Hear this, fellowship. But they used the wrong instruments. Lady Sharp, they crucified him. But they used the wrong instruments. For Jesus, they should have put him in the electric chair. God help me in here. They should have killed him by lethal injection. I'm waiting for y'all to catch it. But they used the wrong instruments. Pastor, what do you mean they used the wrong instruments? They used nails and they used wood. I wish I was at fellowship in Chicago. They used the wrong stuff. They used nails and they used wood. Come on, are y'all with me? That they, they picked the wrong stuff. They used nails and they used wood. They forgot for 30 years. That's the only thing Jesus ever worked with is nails and wood. You want to know why Jesus didn't cry? You want to know why he didn't whimper? You want to know why he didn't go in the shock? Because he had been hurt before. And because he already knew what a nail felt like. He was like Clint Eastwood. Go ahead and make my day. Is there anybody here that can tell the devil I already been hurt before? already been lied on. I already been left. I already been abandoned. But I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still here. As the Son of God and the Father act like John Bryan and bend down from heaven and look Jesus in the eye and say, don't you embarrass me cross it ain't gonna be that bad it ain't gonna be that bad how long i gotta suffer just three days they hung him high they stretched him wide he hung his head and then he died but that's not how the story ends three days later i can't hear worship three days later he got up with power in his hand. Give somebody a high five and say, call me in three days. Check on me in three days. See about me in three days. I never would have made it, but I'm stronger. I'm better. I'm so much better. Let the redeem of the Lord open up your mouth and shout like he said. Hey. I want you to lift up that hand softly, sir. In strength, lift up that hand. Pastor, what are you saying to me? I am not saying to you, you are not going to get hurt again. I'm telling you, it won't hurt as bad. God, somebody needed that word, huh? I'm not telling you, you ain't ever gonna get lied on or betrayed. 
but the effect won't be the same because you've already lived through it. I want you to lift that hand. I want to pray over you. Your pastor brought me because he trusts the anointing that's on my life. I want you to lift that hand. I tell the members of New Birth, lift your hand. Watch this. As high as you see yourself going. I speak of every lifted hand that the Holy Spirit is now giving you a booster shot. That even if you get hit, you won't feel the effects of it. I pray that God make your bounce back higher than your fall down. I pray that God will plant a trampoline in the pit they tried to throw you in. I pray that God will allow this not to bring you agony, but to elevate you to another place in glory. And those of you who your faith comes into agreement with my faith, and you believe that God is gonna cover you from whatever pain might come, would you give God a best shout of thanksgiving right now? Come on, come on, clap your hands and open up your mouth. I said, give God your best shout. I'm going to say this to you. Pastor Sharp, thank you so very much for allowing me the privilege to speak God's name out loud. I'm going to say something to you, fellowship. My mentor, Bishop Noel Jones, said something to me that has haunted me my entire ministry. He said, God will allow preachers to go through stuff, hear this, just so that they have something to preach. God, did you hear what I just said? Some of the stuff that you went through is not for you. You're going through it because God needs a stage. My sister is a clinical psychologist out of Pepperdine University, Dr. Tamer Bryant Davis. And she said something to me, lady um, shop, that messed me up. She said, 92% of our stress is not ours we stressed about somebody else. You fasting and they eating. Y'all ain't saying that. You up at night praying and they sleep watching Netflix. God today, hear this, is going to free you from false obligation. You are not their savior, deliverer, or redeemer. You are just their friend. He died for them so you don't have to. I need you to do me a favor. I want to pour into the life of this amazing man of God who God has called for such a time as this. He called Pastor Sharp, hear this, knowing the pandemic was coming. I, I got to say something for you to recalibrate. He chose Reginald Sharp with the pandemic in mind. Who could navigate? in a culture of innovation and of change in a nation and a world that was going through grief and death this is the man of God in whom I am calling and I'm raising him up for such a time as this ladies and gentlemen last week almost one billion people watched the Super Bowl halftime show almost one billion people 
Eminem, Snoop Dogg, 50 Cents, Mary J. Blige, hear this. And all of them, three-fourths of them, are en route to being billionaires. And after the halftime show, nobody asked, what kind of car does Eminem drive? God help me. After it was over, nobody asked, how much did Mary J. play for them boots? Why? Because we're living in a culture that values entertainers more than empowerers. God help me in here. And I'm believing by faith that in the halftime of your life, God has brought somebody center stage, not to entertain you, but to equip you and to empower you. Come on, fellowship. The visitors don't know no better, but if you know what kind of gift is in your man of God. Whenever God blesses you, he always blesses you connected to a person. So when people come into your life, you got to ask them who sent you. Your blessing either comes from God or it comes from an enemy. And I'm believing that your blessing comes from God. God's not jealous. Why? Because he gave him to you. Whenever you are honoring your pastor, you're honoring the God who sent him. So I want to stretch the elasticity of your faith. I want to stretch the elasticity of your faith today. I need you to hear me and I need you to hear me well. I need 50 of you, 50 of you, very quickly, 50 of you. I need you to sow a seed of 365. 50 of you. I need you to sow a seed of $365. 50 of you. If you are one of those 50, I need you to just uh, raise your hand in the thread even right now. All of the giving platforms are beneath me. 50 of you. I want you to give a seed of 365. I want God to bless my man of God all year. I want to make sure that the desires of his heart are met. I want you to give that seed of 365. You've been blessed by this man of God. You're encouraged by his leadership. Your heart is inspired. Then this is where I want you to sow it that seed of 365. I want 365 of you to give a seed of 52. Give a seed of 52 saying every week I want a miracle to knock on the shop's door. Every week, I want a phone call to happen. Every week, I want him to receive a text message. Every week, I want him to be in carriage. Every week, I need God to dispatch an angel on his left shoulder to know that we're with him. I need 365 of you to sow a seed of 52 those of you who are not members of fellowship not under this covering I need you to give a seed at your lowest of 24 your lowest of 24 first song I ever learned in the children's choir was all day all night the angels are watching over me my lord I want 24 hour surveillance around this man of God the God will safeguard his heart, safeguard his mind, safeguard his spirit, safeguard his marriage, that no weapon formed against him shall be able to prosper. I need you to do it. It's what uh, William Shakespeare calls majestic instancy. It's faster than already. I need you to move at the speed of your expectation. If it don't matter to you when God blesses, take your time and do it. But if you want God to do it in a rush, 
then I need you to do it right now. I'm waiting for those of you that sow a seed of 365. Others of you who are giving a seed of 52 at your bare minimal. I want to give a seed of 24. I'm going to be in that group of 365. I'm going to challenge you to do the exact same. I am so grateful that God has allowed me to breathe the same oxygen of one of the greatest preachers of this generation. Not just a great preacher, but an astounding pastor. Would you do me a favor? Give God some praise for our leader. Let's celebrate God for Pastor Reginald Sharp. Come on, y'all can do better than that.
That's the God I'm talking about. That God that kept you in your right mind. That's the God we're talking about. That God that is keeping you right now. That's the God we're talking about. That God that healed your body. The God that paid your bills. The God that healed your heart. He's a mighty God. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a mighty God. He's a mighty good leader. That's what grandma used to say. He's a mighty good leader. Let Jesus lead you all the way. We're praying that you connect with us right there on our screen. You can scan that QR code. You can text us or you can email us. We would love to connect with you and have you a part of our fellowship family. My, 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 my. I feel, I feel good. I feel good. Family, we want you to know that that mighty God is with the family of young 17-year-old Cameron Wheatley. We're praying for you, family. There is a mighty God out there that will help you through this very difficult time. Miss Robbie Wheatley, we're praying for you. Your whole family, we're praying for you. Miss Dorothy Williams, we're praying for you. So 
services for Mr. Gary Tidwell were yesterday. We're praying for you, Miss Dorothy, and your whole family. Miss Barbara Walton Allen, and the passing of your husband, whose service will be Tuesday at Lincoln Sons Funeral Home in Country Club Hills. Wake is at 10 a.m. funeral at 11. We're praying for you. And our own Miss Jessie Sharkey, your entire family, we're praying in the loss of her brother, Mr. Willie Earl Sharkey. Services will be this Wednesday at Akron Funeral Home, 1325 West 87th Street here in Chicago. Wake 10 a.m. funeral at 11. We're praying for everyone. It's good to see our own chairman of our deacons, Deacon Hollowell here. We're praying for you too, sir. Praying for you too, sir. Family, I got some great news. Next Sunday, we will be back in the building. Yes, we are returning to in-person worship. And we have a special guest. Brother Jonathan Reynolds is going to come bless us. And because it's the year of fun, we're also going to have a DJ up in here, y'all. It is going to be so, so fun. So we encourage you at 5 p.m. today, 5 p.m. today, registration will go live on our website. And each week on Sunday, you can register for the following Sunday. Uh, previously, you were able to register for multiple Sundays ahead of time. But in order to ensure your safety, we want to make sure that you are answering the COVID questions as accurate as possible with as much time as we can allot as possible. So please, ma'am, please, sir, go out today and register to worship with us next Sunday, February 27th at 10 a.m. right here from the ship. Give God some praise for that. The only other thing I wanted to mention is right now, right now, we have a COVID vaccination clinic taking place in our fellowship hall. And you are able to go receive your first, second, or booster shot. But in conjunction with the COVID vaccinations, we also have some partners from Meridian Health and other healthcare facilities. And uh, they are able to offer you heart health screenings because this month is about heart health. So we have heart health screenings. You can go get your blood pressure check, get your, uh, as grandma say, your sugar check. <laughs> and so please, please, ma'am, please, sir, from 11 a.m. today until 2 p.m. today, you are welcome to come to the fellowship hall. No appointment necessary if you need to get your COVID vaccination. Amen. Amen. Family, did the preacher not bless our entire life today? You don't have to hurt anymore. You don't have to hurt anymore. We're so God glad for the life of Dr. Jamal Harrison Bryan and thankful that he counted in not robbery to join us as we are celebrating, as we're celebrating our senior pastor's 31st birthday. I hope they got a glimpse of him on the camera. Get, get a good shot of him, Brian. Show how clean he is, man. Look how sharp is sharp, Bree. Sharp is sharp. Pastor Sharp, we want you to know that we love you. 
We love you with unconditional love, and we thank God for all that God is doing through your life. And we want you to know we have some special things we want to do for you today to celebrate you. And we're going to have a video played just shortly, and I shall return after that video. Happy birthday, Pastor Sharp. Just wanted to um, let you know that you mean so much to me and to all of us in fellowship for all the work you've done and doing and that you're going to do. And um, I really appreciate you for one because you touched my heart and you inspired me and gave me courage and strength to move um, ahead in life. After I lost my son, um, I really was heartbroken, didn't know what to do. And um, just hearing your voice and giving me encouragement meant a lot to me. And um, I appreciate that and I thank God for you, you know? So you have a happy birthday and um, have fun. Shalom, shalom. Believe in your dreams, for only you can make them come true. The key is believing. That's not so hard to do. Just give yourself a chance. Believing is the way. Believe in your dreams, for they may come true someday. Now your dreams are what you want. They may not mean much to others, for they are your dreams, not your sisters nor your brothers. Just believe in yourself, and your dreams will fall in place. But you must always remember to keep your hands in God's hands and in His good grace. Because making dreams come true is only up to you, Regina. This is something I think and I know that you can do. But if ever in that dream you come to, Reginald, a brook or to a stream, please don't be afraid. Cross it and never, never stop believing in your dreams. I just want you to know, Pastor, that uh, as you continue to go forward, stay sharp and know that we will forever be supporting your legacy. We love you. Peace and blessings to you always. Stay true to who you are. Stay true to your values, stay, stay, stay true to your principles, stay true to what makes you happy, stay true to what you believe is right and just. Keep on doing good. Don't get weary. You will reap the harvest if you don't faint. Reggie, happy birthday, cousin. I love you, I'm so proud of you. I think it is amazing what you have done in your lifetime. Um, I know that you have, I hope, 30 or 60 more to go, eight more. I love you, Reggie, and um, proud of you. You've accomplished a lot, and I know there's more to be done. I wish God helps you to be all that you wish you had become when you stand before him. I love him so much. Happy birthday! Hey, Pastor Sharp, it's your girl KB with my very first video debut, just in time for your birthday. Let's see, where can I start? You know, everybody don't get me. Pastor Sharp, you get me. I'm different. I march at the beat of my own drum. But working with you on a daily basis as your staff member, I can honestly say you allowed me to be my true, authentic self with no judgment. It's an honor and a privilege that the Lord chose little old me, little girl from the south side of Chicago, specifically Inglewood, to serve closely with you, a giant in the kingdom, especially during this time and this day and age. You're my pastor, and I'm gonna stick with you 
one of the realest people that I ever met. It ain't too many people I can say that about. I think back to when I lost my father suddenly at the start of the pandemic in 2020. He wasn't in the church world, he didn't go to church, but he knew the Lord. I remember expressing that to you. I didn't wanna have a traditional church service for his home going because he wasn't that person. You honored that request. Here at the prestigious Fellowship Missionary Baptist Church, you allowed me to put tradition and religion aside and let me put my father away honorably and respectfully, the way I knew he would want to be honored. And for that, I'll be forever grateful. I can say much more about you, about us, how we connected, how you are involved, how you're mindful, how you're real, but I don't want Willie to start playing the organ and I get cut off. But turn up. Happy birthday, my dude. Peace, peace. Happy birthday, Pastor Sharp. We're so excited for your 31st year of life and all that's in store. Absolutely, happy birthday, Sharp. We just wanna say that we love you and we hope that this year is filled with a lot of love, joy, and happiness for you. Pastor Sharp, you've had such an impact on our family. For those who don't know, Pastor Sharp flew all the way to my hometown of Memphis, Tennessee to marry us in holy matrimony on March 7, 2020. And he made it back to church at Fellowship Chicago the next morning. We were the very first wedding he officiated as a senior pastor at Fellowship Missionary Baptist Church. And Sharp, one thing I remember uh, you telling us right before we got married was to have some fun. And I want to say, we've been having some fun. Now you got a, a little frat brother on the way. <laughs> Happy birthday, Happy Pastor birthday. Sharp. Happy birthday. We love you. Happy birthday, Pastor Sharp. I'm DeAndre Henley from the Youth Ministry Church, and I come to say happy birthday, and I want to say how, how you motivated me, because no matter what, no matter who the person is, you always show them with the same amount of love and respect you would do anybody, no matter their situation or anything. So I respect and love that about you because that's just like Jesus did, and Jesus never judged nobody based on their situation or their life standpoint. So I really appreciate that about you. And another thing I love about you is that no matter if we have a fundraiser or anything, even though you're the pastor, you're still always in the front line. you always getting your hands dirty. And that really motivated me because Jesus, he all, even though he's the Messiah and God's child, he's still always doing stuff for other people, like cleaning their feet, serving them all, feeding, and all of the things he stepped out of his way to do for other people. I see that in you, and that really motivated me to be a better person and do the same thing. So happy 31st birthday. Enjoy your day. Peace, peace. Hi, guys. My name is Savoy Booker, and I'm Florida. I'm excited because today is Pastor Shar's birthday. Let's play. I know you post this up. Happy birthday. Hashtag year of fun. Amen, amen, beautiful tributes. Uh, let me give some context to some of the people you saw. Uh, Coach Bird was the first person who allowed Pastor Sharp to preach. It was at the MLK High School where he was asked to speak for FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And P Pastor Sharp's first sermon was not in a church, not in a pulpit, but in a classroom at a high school. Uh, and Coach Bugs, help me with that one. He, same thing, same thing. So we thank God for those individuals and all of those individuals, some of his family that was able to be a part of the video, some of the fellowship family, we're so, so grateful. 
One of uh, Pastor Sharp's favorite songs is the hymn, Great Is Thy Faithfulness. And we have Miss Roxanne Stevenson, who will come at this time to perform it via saxophone.
Praise the Lord. Bless you. Miss Roxanne Stevens, thank you so, so much. I want to ask, at this time, Pastor Sharpie, join me on the stage. Pastor, we know um, last year was a little difficult for you. You needed, you needed that faithfulness of God. And so uh, we want to present you with a photo of your aunts who, who unfortunately deceased last year. We want you to know that God's faithfulness was able to get you through that and we'll be able to get you through the days and years ahead. But we also wanted you to know that um, we did some investigating. We did some investigating. And we found out that you're not only a preacher, but at some point in your life, you were also a baseball player. Yeah, there, there you are. <laughs> but I know you played baseball then and we want to give you a chance to go see the pros play so we are going to get you those season tickets to the Cubs you go see the World Series champs the Cubs yes sir and then we also found out that you've been going on vacation a long time yeah we, we found out you've been going on vacation a long time so we are going to send you and your wife to anywhere, anywhere y'all want to go. Anywhere. Now, this is a picture of Key West. I heard you like it down there. <laughs> and there are, of course, a few people here in the audience, but most of our members are virtual at this moment. And we want to give them a chance to say happy birthday to you as well. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much, virtual members. So Pastor Sharp, on behalf of the Fellowship Missionary Baptist Church, members and friends, we want to say happy birthday to you. And we got some cake for you.
fellowship as a whole. First, let me thank my wife, Lady Bree. I know she's somewhere behind all of this. And I thank God for my mama flying up from Atlanta. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. I'm here because of you and my dad and my cousins and my family, my brother, everybody on the video. Uh, Lord, to, to the staff of the ship. Come on, y'all. Come on, everybody. Our, our music staff, our executive pastor, our director of worship and arts. I mean, I appreciate everybody. Chief of staff, Deacon Linda, my executive assistant. Y'all show some love to her. She's been putting up with me almost three years. And I really do feel love today. I really do feel love. I, I want to close with that song about you've been so faithful. I, I, I keep hearing it. I keep hearing the word faithful today. Miss Nikita Fox, you've added so much love and power to our worship experience today. I want to say thank you for coming. You were supposed to be on the first Sunday of January and we got snowed out. But the Lord had you right on time. Your ministry is a blessing. And so there, there are going to be some moments. There are going to be some moments throughout my pastorate where I was just sitting there thinking, there are going to be some moments I want you to come back in those special occasions when some of the things I feel on my soul become manifested. I want you to sing that one again about that yet mighty God. And we're going to dance in a space that I see in the spirit. But on those special occasions, y'all don't have to look for nobody else. Call Nikita and uh, fly on up here. Because I promise you, God's going to do some stuff. And y'all will see what I'm talking about. But I'm excited for what God has in store to my fellowship family. Listen, all I can say is thank you. Uh, my cash app, my Zelle, my Facebook page, my Instagram page. It's just been absolutely amazing. Every text, every call, every act of love. I wish I could, in, I could thank you all individually, but thank you, Fellowship, for accepting my full self. Thank you for letting me be myself again. I am here to serve. I'm here to give my best. I'm here to be myself. I'm here to preach. I'm here to teach. I'm here to cast a vision, and you all make it a joy to do that week in and week out. And so to my predecessor, Pastor Charles Jenkins, thank you for helping me get to the ship, man. I'm here standing on the shoulders of giants. Come on, y'all, show some love. He and Dr. Tara, I celebrate you all today. Whenever I have a day, it's our day. And to Reverend Evans, to his blessed memory, and to the Evans family, whenever I have a day, it's our day. And I love you all so, so much. You all know I'm grateful. I'm full. So instead of me talking and crying all over the place, I'm just going to say, Lord, I thank you. And I'm going to tell you all, I thank you so much. Because God is faithful through every season, every season. Listen, Dr. Jamal Harrison, Brian, Lord, can we give God praise for him? He blessed us today, reminding us that sometimes, yeah, you get hurt, but just hold on. In three days, you're going to get back up again. Wherever you are, put those hands together. 
I'm going to sing this one for me and for you today. Deacon Gerald Holloway, I love you, man. Deacon Roosevelt, Miss Alma, I love you. Callahan, thank you so much. Fellowship family and friends, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. As I look back over my life, I don't know if I can hit these notes. Peace. 
a seat of $24 because 24 hours of the day God will look over you and cover you. 365 you can sow a seat of 52 you can sow a seat of 24 or you can just pay your tithes and your offerings and give whatever you have to give and that's alright with me too. May your struggles keep you knit across. May your struggles show that you need God May your battles end the way they should. And may your bad days prove that God is good. I pray that your whole life keeps on proving that God really is good. Let the church say, it is so. And amen. Now I need you to prophesy something to everybody around you. And tell them, neighbor, everywhere you step, you're bumping into blessings. That's the wrong one. That's the wrong one. That's the wrong one. Tell somebody else. Everywhere you step, you're bumping into favor. Everywhere you step, you're bumping into promotion. Y'all ain't telling nobody. I said everywhere you step, this week, next week, March, April, May, June, July, you're going to bump into blessings. Come on. Help me put in atmosphere.
Hey family, I pray you've been blessed by this message that God gave me. I hope you stay connected to Fellowship Chicago through YouTube, Facebook, or our website. Go to fellowshipchicago.com today and make sure that you stay updated on all of the great things that are happening on the ship. Until we meet again, may you be blessed by the power, the peace, and the provisions of God. Peace, peace.